Amen. Well, I forgot my Bible on my on my desk, so hold on one second. very far without that. So Psalm 146 today. Psalm 146. Just a few more chapters left. I believe five chapters and we're going to be done with Psalms and we'll see where the Lord takes us from there. Uh, But Psalm 146, that's definitely the longest series I've ever preached. Uh, we as humans love to be self-sufficient, don't we? Uh, you know, if truth be told and we're honest with ourselves, we, are, we definitely want to be self-sufficient. But there comes a time when we have no choice but to trust others to ask, and ask for help. And there are still other times when we have nowhere to turn. Uh, the problem seems far too big for any man to be able to help us. And people can pray for us, but they can't really do anything to solve the situation or change the situation that we're in. Psalms 146 is a great psalm for us to read and meditate on during these times. Uh, Psalm 146 is the first of five praise-filled and exciting psalms that close out the book of Psalms. Psalms 146 through 149 all begin and end with a shout, Praise the Lord, or uh, the word ha- hallelujah, uh, which is uh, the Hebrew where we get our word hallelujah from. Uh, then in Psalm 150, uh, that comes, and in every verse, it calls for praising God. And that word hallelujah is found in every verse. Uh, noted pastor and commentator James Montgomery Boyce offers a perspective that put these five psalms into perspective, as well as the entire book of psalms, uh, and it gives it a clear focus. He says, In the earlier psalms, we have studied the writer's griefs, shames, sins, doubts, and fears. We've witnessed the people of God in their defeats and victories, their ups and downs in life. We have encountered rebellious words and struggling faith. All this is behind us now. In these final psalms, every word is praise. Praise is where all true religious contemplation should end. And when all is said, the hearts of those who are truly God's people beat their last praising God. Do we understand all that God is doing in our lives or in the world? Of course not. But we understand enough about the nature of God to praise him in spite of difficulties. Amen? I thought that was well worded. Uh, We do not know who wrote the Psalm 146, this chapter, but he emphasizes uh, in the Psalm God's trustworthiness. And we do not or should not put our trust in other people. Uh, They can do very little to help us most of the time. But God is all-powerful and always faithful. And when no one else can help us, God, the creator of the universe, can. And he so cares about us and uh, for all of us, uh, and especially for the, the hurting and the needy. And God can help us not only now, but all throughout eternity. That's something that man cannot do. Uh, only God can help us permanently. And this makes him our supreme choice for any trouble and help. Now, Psalm 146, let's read it together, verses 1 through 10, together, and we'll uh, break it up and look at it in parts. Verse number 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God 
while I have any being. <coughs> Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, <coughs> in whom there is no help. His breath goes forth, he returneth to his earth. Uh, in that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is therein, therein is, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry, the Lord looseth, looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind, the Lord raiseth them that are bowed down, the Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God. O Zion, unto all generations, praise ye the Lord. Uh, so what should we do when we find ourselves in trouble? That's the kind of the idea of Psalm 146, or at least the idea that I want to pull from it. Uh, first thing that we ought to do, number one, is get up and praise the Lord. Amen? Uh, the Bible says, praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will pray, sing praises unto my God while I have any being. And the psalm begins with an exclamation, praise the Lord. Like I said, hallelujah, or hallelujah. The psalmist starts with a bang here. He prays the Lord with his whole heart and soul. And praise the Lord, oh my soul, he says. He's overcome by wonder and thankfulness and love for God. And he's making a fresh commitment to praise the Lord as long as he has breath. Or as long as he has any being. And the psalmist declares that he would praise God for as long as he had any trace of life in him. To his very dying breath. And when we truly begin to understand who God is and what he's done for us. Praise ought to be the natural instinct of the redeemed. Amen. And just to think uh, uh, how, how much God loves us ought to stir our souls to praise. And difficult cir circumstances should not squelch our passion for God. Amen. Uh, we ought to tr it ought to push us to trust him even more. And the devil's good at what his job, I tell you, and what he does. He's good at tricking us and deceiving us. And we have to be careful not to believe the lies of Satan. And that he doesn't love us, that he's not there for us. And re replace that lie with the truth of God's word. And uh, we have to, even in difficult circumstances, and during those times whenever he is lying to us, we need to force ourselves to praise the Lord. Uh, uh, Half-heartedly praising him will not do either, by the way. Uh, with our whole heart, with our whole soul, we need to praise him. And when we truly let the truth of God and who he is sink in, a lifetime of praise will not even be enough. And God created us for his glory. And we'll never be more happy than, we will, than when we fulfill our purpose that God has created us for and bring him glory and praise him. When we find yourself in trouble, praise the Lord. He's worthy all the time, amen? And this will change our focus onto him where it belongs, off of the problems and onto him. And then once we are in the right frame of mind and we get up and praise the Lord, number two, we do not place our trust in man. We don't look to man for our help. Verse three, he says, put not your trust in princes nor in the son of man in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. Some wise counsel is being given by this unknown psalmist. Uh, put not your trust in princes or the powerful, influential leaders. Boy, I tell you what, we look at Washington and it's 
It's, uh, we don't want to put trust in them. Amen. I don't care what side they're on. Uh, there's very few of them that I, that I uh, truly would trust. But God is always trustworthy. Amen. And don't put your trust in princes or in any man. Uh, the Son of Man here refers to any human being. It's not talking about the Son of Man like uh, Luke likes to describe, but uh, this is the, uh, the Son of Man being any human being, any child of a man, of human. And no person, regardless of who they are, is worthy of absolute confidence. Why? Well, first of all, because they're mortals, letter A. They're mortals. Uh, they're just like you. Oh, I didn't add all the rest of the things on there. Usually I add the Roman numeral 1 and then the A, but I didn't do that, so you'll just have to remember what they were. Uh, but uh, they are mortals. They're just like you with problems, just like your own. And they, ha they can't solve their own problems, so why in the world are we going to, help to them for help solving our problems? Amen? And we're all just mere mortals. Any help that people can give us will only be temporary. Uh, and certainly will only help us in this life, not eternity. And there is no help from them. This word is usually translated salvation. This word help, is where it says there's no help from them. It usually is translated salvation in the Bible. Psalms 119.81 says, My soul fainted for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Uh, Psalm 144 verse 10, it says, It is he that giveth salvation unto the kings, whom deliver, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. And both those uh, verses translate the same word as salvation. No human can save us, certainly not permanently. And we can't place our trust in man because they're just mortals. But also because, uh, well, kind of along the same lines, I guess, uh, being that they're mortals, but they too will die. Uh, verse 4, it says, His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Uh, he's not God. He too is mortal, and he too will have an end. And one day our breath will leave us. Our spirits depart, and we return to the earth from whence we came. In the Hebrew, there's a play on words here. Uh, the word man, as the word Adam, is derived from the word earth. Uh, and it literally, uh, literally, man means of the earth, and our bodies are of the earth, and we return to the earth. Uh, and when we die, our bodies decompose and return to the earth from which they came, from which it was made. And Genesis 3.19 tells us, in the, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And in that moment, our our thoughts perish, just as verse 4 says. Uh, all the plans, all the schemes, all the volumes of thoughts that we have had through the years, all the imaginations die with us. It's kind of depressing, I guess, but uh, the point is we don't trust in man, amen? And the point is that no human can do anything for us beyond this life. And we need to place our trust in the only one who can save us. Uh, the only one who can help us, the only one who can guide us for all of eternity. And we find ourselves in trouble, praise the Lord, because only he can help us. Don't trust in man, because he too will die. Then number three, in verses five through nine, we see trust God who has shown himself worthy. Don't trust in man, but trust in God who has shown himself worthy. Verse five says, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is th that therein is, which keepeth truth forever, 
which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth, looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. <coughs> he relieveth the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. Instead of trusting in people, we need to trust the God of Jacob. Uh, this brings to mind all the help that he gave to the patriarchs. Uh, he is the covenant-keeping God who, in his unfailing love, helped Israel in their distresses. And we need to place our hope and trust in him. Uh, we see, first of all, that he will bless and help. Uh, verse A, or letter A. Verse 5, he says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. And this is the same word as we find in other verses described uh, or translated as blessed. Blessed is the man, or happy is he. Same thing. Only those who are happy or blessed are those who turn to God for help. And just as God was faithful to Jacob, he'll be faithful to us. He doesn't change, amen? His faithfulness never changes. The same God that was faithful to the patriarchs are faithful to us. And we just need to trust in him. We're not just his people like the Israelites were. We're his children. Amen? And uh, Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We are his sons and his daughters. And we just need to trust in him. And God loves and cares for all of his children. And we just trust him. And then let her be. Uh, we trust him because he's powerful enough. Amen? And we begin to see in these verses all the th great things that he's done. And why we can trust him. Uh, we are to hope in the Lord, he says, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is therein. Uh, we can trust him because he's powerful enough to create the, create the whole world, and all the sky, and all the heavens, and all the stuff that is within it. He's powerful enough to help us in our trouble, amen? And he says, goes on, he says, which keepeth truth forever. Uh, he's the keeper of truth, sometimes translated in the King James as faithfulness. He's not just true and faithful himself, but he maintains all that is true and faithful. He's the keeper of it. Continues, says, which executeth judgment for the oppressed. And he takes care of all the oppressed. And we can trust that he'll take care of us. Uh, anybody that is struggling, God understands and God knows and God sees it. And he'll bring justice and judgment to them. He continues, says, which giveth food to the hungry. Uh, if our problem is hunger... Uh, he'll feed us. And just as he has caused the fruit and the food to grow, he'll take care of us uh, as well. You know, never seen his children begging bread, the Bible says. And, uh, you know, I've never gone without a meal that wasn't my fault. You know, I've gone without a couple of meals, not too many as you can tell. Uh, but, uh, you know, th that was a joke, by the way. Y'all didn't just seem to just go right over. But anyways, uh, you know, I appreciate you laughing. You're like, we can't tell. I, I, that's what it was. That's what it was. But uh, no, but, you know, I, I, if I went without a meal, it was because either I was too lazy to go get something to eat or I was fasting or something like that. It was my choice uh, because he always takes care of us. And uh, we, uh, the Bible takes, tells us that he, we can trust in him and he'll feed us. The Lord looseth, looseth the prisoners. We find ourselves bound in prison, especially for his cause. He, know, uh, he knows. He knows what's going on. And he can set men free. And he has done it many times before. Uh, and he can do it. 
He's also metaphorically set many men free from their bondage of sin and addictions. And God can do it again. It says, the Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. Again, whether literally, taken literally, as throughout the Gospels we've seen, or metaphorically, causing those who did not see the truth of the Gospel to see him for who he is. I read through, I think I put them back on the back table back there, I read through the Voices of the Martyrs magazine this, uh, this week. And uh, to see how God has miraculously worked in the lives of people that are under persecution and such and help them lead them to salvation even though, uh, and it's so real to them that they make the decision to follow Christ even knowing that they'll be persecuted. They'll be kicked out of the family. They'll lose their job. They'll be physically attacked. And, uh, but they know the truth of God and it's worth it for them to follow him. But God opens the eyes of the blind. The, the, sometimes the last one you would ever think would come to Christ. And we need to just keep praying for the people we know that, don't, that need him. Amen. And it continues to say, The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. It made me think of Matthew 23, 12. It says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. This idea, this word being, uh, meaning bowed down, it means to humble themselves. He says, he raises them up that boweth down, that are bowed down. And those who are bowed down, humbled, the Lord will raise them up. The Bible says, the Lord loveth the righteous. And this righteous is not based upon their own deeds. It's those who are righteous because of what Christ has placed on them. Because of Christ's righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But because of Christ and our trust in him, he has made us clean and righteous. The Bible says, the Lord preserveth the strangers. The word strangers deals with foreigners in the land. He even cares about the foreigners, amen? His, the people of Israel did care about the foreigners many times. They were the Gentiles. They were the dogs. But God cares about them and uh, those who are not from the land. By the way, we are all foreigners in this land, amen? Our citizenship is in another country. And his promise is to preserve us, to keep us. He says then, continuing on, he relieveth the fatherless and the widow. The most vulnerable people in our society can put their trust in him and he'll lift them up. He'll sustain them. He'll keep them going. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. That word relieveth deals with that sustaining power to keep them going, keeping them. The Bible continues, says, by the way of the wicked, he turneth upside down. He even frustrates the plans of the wicked so they can't prevail over God's people. And far too often we're guilty of trusting in our own wisdom and in our own strength. Or else in other human resources instead of trusting in the Lord. We go first, uh, for as soon as we have a problem, we go first to our own resources and try to fix the need ourselves. And then we go and look to family and try to fix the need ourselves. And we go to the government and try to fix the need ourselves. But God is saying, I'll take care of you. Uh, you need to come to me, not to man. And only God can be completely trusted. Only he can completely save us. He's, not, he's able to do what other people cannot do. And he can help us. Even the best around us will occasionally fail us. But the Lord will never fail us. If we trust in him and in his sovereign plan, our plans may fail, but his never will. Amen. First Timothy 6.17 tells us, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, 
but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Far too many people are trusting in uncertain riches. Amen. One turn of the economy, one turn of the, uh, the whatever you're invested in, whatever the case may be, uh, can turn the whole world upside down. And when you're trusting in that to save you, uh, your whole world is destroyed. But whenever we are trusting in God, even when that happens, we can walk away and say, God's in control. He's going to take care of us. He's, he's going to handle all of this. 2 Timothy 1.12 says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. We can trust in him. We can be persuaded that he is going to keep us. Amen. Trust in the Lord and him alone. Don't trust in your own wisdom or your own understanding. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He'll direct us. Just trust in him. Just looking at this list and uh, these verses, verses 7 through 9, it reminds, me of, uh, reminds us of the many miracles that the Lord has performed in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. As we live our lives, we're living as a light set on a hill. Shining that light, the shining the light of the trustworthiness of God to the lost around us. We need to be faithful to share the truth of God's word and share what God has done in our lives. Amen. When God comes through, we need to tell about it. Amen. And let other people see how God has worked in our lives. Show that he's trustworthy. Speak of the great things that he's done so that they can come and trust in him too. It's one thing to tell people to trust the Lord. It's entirely another thing to show people that God can be trusted by letting God use us to meet the needs of other people around us when he has met our needs, and we can share that with them. When we find ourselves in trouble in this life, get up and praise the Lord. Amen. Don't put your trust in man. Uh, They're just mortals. They too will die. Trust the one who can never die. Trust God who has shown himself worthy. Even in the end days, he'll be faithful. And the Bible tells us that he shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Here in verse 10. He, he will reign forever. The psalmist closed the psalm with a strong and, cl- and comforting declaration about the Lord. He's faithful and he keeps his covenant, his promises. Zion here, the mount of God... We'll see the God of all the ages rule and reign from in the midst of her. And throughout all the generations, everyone will see the greatness and the faithfulness of our God. Even now the Lord is on his throne, awaiting the day when the Father allows him to come and get his people and start the clock to when he will rule and reign in person here on earth. And Zion is a call for all Abraham's seed to praise the Lord. We who have also believed in Christ are also Abraham's seed. Galatians 3.29 tells us, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And the call is to us too, to believe in him and to praise him. Israel's God is our God. Amen. The Lord has revealed himself to us through his word and through his son particularly. We can know him personally and trust in him completely. And because we have believed in God's Son, not only do we 
receive his help through our troubles, but in the end, the Bible tells us that, we'll, that we shall reign with him forever. Amen? We'll reign with him. Revelation 5.10 tells us, and, and hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. We'll be with him. And these facts bear a great amount of comfort to our hearts. And while we go through the troubles we go through now, it's not forever. Amen? Uh, forever, we'll get to be with him and praise him. Matthew Henry wrote, let, his, let this encourage us to trust in God at all times that the Lord shall reign forever. In spite of all the malignity or evil of the powers of darkness, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Christ is set king on the holy hill of Zion, and his kingdom shall continue in an endless glory. and cannot be destroyed by an invader. It shall not be left to a successor, either to a succeeding monarch or a succeeding monarchy but it shall stand forever. It is, a, it is a matter of unspeakable comfort that the Lord reigns as Zion's God, as Zion's King, and that the Messiah is head over all things to the church and will be so while the world stands. Amen? And these troubles will not last forever, as I said. So we need to praise the Lord, sing hallelujah to the Lord. And we do not need to trust in man who often will fail us. But we need to trust the Lord who has shown himself worthy to be trusted over and over and over again. His help for our trials today help us to make it through. And we look back to see what he's done in the past, and we trust in him to do the same today. His promises for our hope of tomorrow keep us trusting and looking for his glorious appearing. And every time he helps us, it gets us a step closer to the fact that he's coming back for us. Amen. Until that great day when we will be gathered with all of the saints of all the ages with him in the sky. And let's just keep praising the Lord and serving him. Amen. And let's keep going. Well, that's Psalm 146.